0: Hello, good people of the THM community. Welcome to the potty. Uh, this is producer John, uh, filling in for the world famous Danny Valdez, who for some reason I believe the girls allowed to go on vacation. So we, uh, we wish, uh, Danny and his family a very safe and, uh, and eventful, uh, time in California um, we've got a great show for you today I'm gonna shut up get out of the way and let the girls get to it we've got a very special guest that I think you're going to enjoy a lot here we go
1: this is the party with serene and pearl get it right p-o-d-d-y
2: thank you john so professional <laughs> it was danny just lo- what did danny lose his job I don't know
1: no he's on roller coaster rides, pearl
2: what He's on roller coaster rides. Oh, they he went just, to theme parks. Yeah, he, he did to go to California. Park. He's on yeah. his
1: paid leave.
2: Oh, paid leave. I know, but John just just well enough. So, like professionally, Danny better start practicing. Oh, I see the yeah. heat's on. Okay, that's true. Hey, um, we are excited because we have with us brother Nath. Now you all heard us share our um, adventures. Brother is his
1: first name, by the way.
2: <laughs> brother, <laughs> Nath. No. You all heard us share our adventures in Guatemala, which we want to talk about with um, some of the sad stuff that's happening there right now. But um, his, na- his name is actually Nathan Hardman. Welcome, Nathan.
0: Thank you. It's great to be here in Tennessee with you guys.
2: Yeah. And and as, as we said goodbye, it was such a sad time leaving that country and leaving you and your beautiful family. And, um, and then you said, well, I'm, I'm there in a couple of weeks. And we're like, oh, come, you must come to the party. We've got to pick your brain about so many things. Yeah. And so here you are, turn up on the hilltop because we
1: have a connection now with Guatemala that is so coffee and cacao deep, but it's more than that. It's 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 deep because brother Nate lives there with his family and the ministry that they are doing that's that's generate that's multi-generational Yeah, now. and it's we we're huge. really just
2: going to get to your story today Nate, but um I, as we do that, I'm sipping my We don't know what we're going to call this coffee yet. Nathan, but we from were to
0: go th- up on the yes, hilltop?
2: Remember we arrived there by helicopter and only monkeys should go there. And <laughs> we yes. dropped from the sky. Okay, Nathan, he heard our podcast, right? Yeah. And and we were asking him, we're like, we didn't really exaggerate, did we? And he's like, Hmm. So you had sort of a different experience than Serene and me, but to us, I feel like Serene we actually didn't even share as we, much of the scariness completely as we could.
1: played it down.
2: I yeah. really tried to play it down just so that I didn't
1: scare.
0: Well, see, I people. think I bounced more on the road up here in Tennessee than I did in the helicopter.
2: <laughs> what? No. And here's the thing. Okay, your parents, we didn't even share this in the podcast. This is what really freaks Serena and I out. You're the son of missionaries. You yeah. are a missionary. Mm-hmm. You do some hair-raising things. We're going to get to this, but you work in the most dangerous part of Guatemala City, with violent gangs, okay? And and your parents know this and they yes. just leave you alone and they think he's a grown man, okay? But the first day after that helicopter ride, yes. you got a call from your parents saying It was a mummy and daddy call. <laughs> it was Full like on. Are you alive, son?
0: Yes.
1: Just
2: calling that you're just making feet sure are... you
0: made it back on the ground. That freaked
1: Serene and I out. <laughs> I said Pearl, I nudged Pearl, I said, Pearl something's wrong here, <laughs> something's wrong because this is like a hair-raising adventure family and they're checking up on him. I don't know if we should go back up in the helicopter. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, they were just mom wanting to make sure her boy was back on the ground is all. Yeah,
2: I know, but we all made it. And um, But before we get into some of your story, and I, I want to share about what you do and the exciting thing about what that means, Trim Healthy mum and all our listeners are actually going to be making a huge difference. Just, But... <sighs> What just happened in Guatemala as we left? You sent us pictures on Sunday. The beautiful area where we stayed, we stayed beneath a volcano. And many of you know it blew. And
0: so, Guatemala is a country about the size of the state of Georgia. And the bottom half of it has 37 volcanoes in it, yeah. five of which are active. And so, one of those volcanoes, they're constantly active, is spewing. Uh, gases and ash. It's not active like the Hawaii volcano that just has this river Mm -hmm. of lava flowing. Um, And so the Fuego volcano, which translates fire volcano, um, had one of its major eruptions. Uh, What I believe to have happened is, is that the fissure through which the lava comes up through shifted through some of the tremors we've had over the last few years. And it basically got plugged up pressure built up and it blew out a new crater and uh, shot ash instead of straight up into the air like it usually does, yeah. which would have harmlessly fallen back on top of the volcano. It shot it straight out the side at extreme force. Uh, from my calculations, probably uh, a fourth of the volcano was blown out yeah. the side of it. Oh, my god! And all that force and all that dirt and rock and lava went down towards where we were staying at yes. that golf resort yeah. and also to a couple villages down there.
2: And that's the most tragic thing. Uh, hundreds of those villages apparently still missing. There's over 70 dead now. And, and you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were all just sitting there eating lunch. And, and thinking, the peace <laughs> at that place. We were thinking this is the most beautiful spot on planet Earth. This was a
1: piece of heaven. <laughs> this was as close to heaven as and we'd ever gotten. It is burnt and
2: charred now. And, you know, Serene, Serene said to me yesterday, Pearl, I don't know. You know, we only... We're Never promised tomorrow, you know. God was watching out for us, but for many of those people that, that
0: they were it. taken, yes.
2: And mm-hmm. and I also said to Pearl,
1: you know, we grew up. Oh, oh we're talking to a missionary here, yeah. so you know, he works in District 18 and in a very poor area. But we grew up
2: like you know, just ragamuffins. Oh, we're well, not much money, yeah. We are dead yeah. as a pastor, yeah, right, exactly.
1: So, so we, we grew up just you know, on the smell of an oily rag, but um. It was a it was a beautiful experience sitting there at that resort eating breakfast with mm-hmm. linen napkins on our yeah. lap.
2: Yeah, yeah, and great to We felt sort of
1: rich, you know. we were like so the this first, first time is of my amazing. life. I'm like, wow, this is a this is a this is a, a time to remember. This is like pinch yourself moment. Yeah, and I'm like Pearl. None of it matters. It's all that we do for the kingdom and for eternal souls here on this earth because riches fly away like birds. Yeah. You know, yes. uh, anything physical, um, mansions that people can build for themselves, anything like that, that can just that be gone in a second. exquisite hotel
2: we stayed at,
0: La buried reunión.
2: beneath completely buried. ash, yeah. buried completely. And so we, Serena and I said, we're going back to Guatemala and we're going to go stay in that same place. Well, we can't stay there now, so things are so temporary. and uh, We want to talk about what you do Nate, okay. because as our mamas come to buy this coffee and this chocolate and, and you know, maybe these baked corn chips and all these things we're going to bring in from Guatemala, which is, I love the name Guatemala means eternal spring, right? And the, and the reason it has so much to offer is because the, the climate.
0: Yes. Well, Guatemala is known as the land of eternal springtime. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a beautiful climate, a beautiful country. And the things it grows. Extremely rich and fertile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we grow all year round all sorts of good things.
2: Yeah, so that's amazing. We feel like this has just been a God thing with us just coming in contact with you and and so as you know, we bring these products um you know, that financial impact is going to go back in some ways to Guatemala and to where you work. So I want our women who are the most I fully believe Our group, our THM community are the most generous people in the world. And we have seen amazing things. Their mama hearts are huge. They want to help. A mama bears. They (laughs) love children.
0: Yes. They
2: love they love people. And they have the hugest hearts. So they want to know, you know, what what buying these products, what it means, and what it will mean. So can we talk about your ministry? And you are a second generation missionary. I mean, your parents, you grew up you're white. But you grew up in Guatemala. Can we just? I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> he can introduce himself in his yeah. s- in his real language.
0: <laughs> well, let me let me back up a little bit and explain a little bit about Guatemala. Yeah. Because Guatemala is such a beautiful, rich nation. Uh, we're like I said, we're kind of shaped, kind of like the state of Georgia, and about that same size. But in that small area, we have 14 different ecological zones. So we have dry desert like uh, West Texas. We have tropical rainforest like the Amazon. We have high pine forest like you find in Colorado. All in this small little package. In that package, you have 21 different Mayan languages spoken. 21 different Mayan tribes. We have an Olmec tribe. And then we have a a people group called the Garifunas. Hmm. Garifunas were the... Africans uh, that were brought over on ships, uh, and before they got shipped to South Carolina and Georgia, some of them escaped some of those ships and washed the shore in Guatemala. So there's an African culture called Garifuna Mm. on the Caribbean side of Guatemala, all packaged into this small little bottle, Mm. just extremely diverse. Um, We have the rural poor people, which you guys got to meet when we went to that mountaintop in Huehuetenango, which is a totally different scenario from the urban poor yes, people we noticed that, that we work with yes. in, that I my wife Claudia and I work with in Guatemala City so my parents moved to Guatemala in 1972 with the southern baptist and they were church planners among the Quiche-speaking Mayan language group. Good. That's one of the 21 Mayan languages. So, at 26 years of age, my parents learned Spanish and learned the Quiche Mayan language. Wow! And my dad lived in Guatemala for 45 years and still speaks Spanish with a southern drawl.
2: <laughs> ah, <laughs> yes. So he sounds nothing like when you speak it. You cannot tell the difference between you and a no.
0: He sounds like a redneck oh, speaking Spanish. Oh, that's hilarious! So. Um, and he speaks it very well because he's been there 45 years, but he still has you know a he's listening. Drone. Yes, I'm sure he will be. Uh, Dad, you know, I love you. Yeah. But the for 20 years, they planted churches around the Quetzaltenango region uh, and worked in Totonicapan, in Cantel, and other parts o- over there. Uh, And for the last 25 years of his career in Guatemala, he worked as a logistics coordinator for the Southern Baptists, both in Guatemala, Mm -hmm. uh, Central America, and eventually all of Latin America. Right towards the end, we jokingly say he was in charge of the Americas from Santa Claus to the penguins. (laughs) Um, But uh, through that, uh, I learned uh, the life of the Mayan Indians in Guatemala. Yes. The 20 years that they worked so there. So that's
2: where you grew up.
0: That's where I grew up. I grew up among the uh, in Guatemala's second largest metropolitan area, which is only 250,000 people. Yeah. But we worked in a lot of the villages out there. And so uh, I got to know some of the rural people. I got to understand how they work, how they function. But the last, um, I guess, 22 years of my life, uh, since 1996, I focused uh, or God's focused me on working with the urban poor people. And so I started off working with a church in Guatemala City on the northern side of the Guatemala City. And one thing to understand, Guatemala City, in most cities in Guatemala, are broken up into zones. Right. And so these zones function like zip codes. It's not like the Hunger Game districts or anything yeah. like that. And so they're just different parts of town. And Zone 18 is the northeast corner mm. of Guatemala City. It's known for – well, it is the biggest geographical zone. It's the biggest population density zone. And, and – it's also known as one of the more dangerous zones just because there's so many poor neighborhoods yes. in the area. And just like within a zip code here in the States, within a zone, you have multiple neighborhoods. And one neighborhood in that zone that we work with is called Paraíso. And so um, I started working in the area in 1996.
2: Um, yeah, let's talk about what didn't work. <laughs> because yeah. you you told us you were there for years and years and years and you learned... And that's what I wanted to bring out today. You know, you learned some huge things about working with these people.
0: And so one of the things I learned is um, you can't beat them over the head with a Bible.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now,
0: I'm all about people coming to Christ and, and understanding the truth of his word. But just getting them saved doesn't really help them. Yeah. Um, you have to go in there and serve them. You have to go in there. And that's
1: the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gospel.
0: And that's the true gospel. Jesus came in and he healed the blind man and raised the lame uh, to walk and then say, talked about faith. Yeah. Um, he healed the sick and then, then talked about faith. And so we have to go into these neighborhoods and serve them and help them and, Mm. and, and be a part of their lives. We have to understand that we are in their house. We are guests in their neighborhood. I don't live in the neighborhood. I stick out like a sore thumb and they know I'm the white guy in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, but they allow us to come in because they know that we're there to serve them but what, on their what, level. But
2: go back to the gang. I mean, you talked to us about you're doing something different now. For a long time, you worked with the, the actual gangs, right? Trying to. So,
0: for a long time, we worked. I worked with the church, and we worked with anybody and yeah, everybody. Right. And we we you know tried to share the gospel with the gangs, and we've tried to share the gospel with the families, yeah. and and. Every now and then, you'd find a family that would accept the Lord and maybe start to change and and get ahead. Well, because they were doing better than everyone else, they would have to leave the neighborhoods because mm-hmm. they were being threatened.
2: Right. Wow.
0: And in in you know in nineteen years of working in these areas, uh, or I guess now twenty two years, I've only seen one gang member leave the gangs. Yeah. And it's just so hard. And You're-
1: and you, and you were telling us down there, that these gangs are a huge. Uh, draw for the teens down there they, that the, the young guys usually end up in a gang.
0: Yeah, it's a huge draw because uh, the the people in these neighborhoods are, live in a situation of uh, f- a family situations that's so dysfunctional it's just horrendous and so um, I'll apologize ahead of time, this is a disclaimer if anyone's named Leia, I'm yeah. sorry, <laughs> um, I, I don't mean any insult from this but if you google Leia uh, the Archimeic language of the time in which Leah, uh, if you remember the story of Rachel and Leah? Yes. yes. They married Jacob. Right. And so Jacob loved?
2: L- Rachel.
0: Rachel. Yeah. And he didn't love yeah, Leah. Leah. Leah yeah. And Leah, it, uh, the Bible says that Rachel was beautiful and she was yeah. wonderful and she was all these things and Leah was?
2: Yeah, something I, wrong with her eyes.
0: She had something wrong with her eyes yeah. and that's all the Bible says. Right. Uh, euphemism for she was ugly. Yeah. Uh, and thing. if you Google but the word Leah... The Archimeic language of that time in that region of the world, Leia means cow. Oh, And so really? it, uh, maybe your dad called you Leia, but he didn't know what Leia meant. But I am sure that Laban, her dad, knew exactly what Leia meant. Mm. And he still called his daughter a cow. And so dad didn't love her. Her husband didn't love her. Her brothers didn't love her. And, and I'm not going to go into why, why the brothers didn't love her. But basically they, they chased down the sister because money was missing, not because he mm. cared about her. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, so what we've come to call as the Leah syndrome. And so what it is, is that, uh, if you read the story, Leah gets pregnant, God remembers Leah and she conceived and Mm -hmm. had a son. And she says, maybe now my husband talking about Jacob will love me.
2: Yeah, she did. But
0: he doesn't. And she conceived a second time and she said, maybe now my husband will be joined in harmony with me Mm. and he isn't. Jacob still doesn't love her. Ugh. And then she sells herself for some mandrake fruit and gets pregnant again. I mean, she prostitutes herself to her husband mm. just to get pregnant, just so that maybe her husband will love her. And he doesn't. And so that's what we call the Leia syndrome. So half of these young girls in these neighborhoods that we work in, now these are demographics for urban poor neighborhoods in Guatemala City this is not demographics for the whole country no
2: which we noticed was different on the mountain it's extremely
0: different on the mountaintops this this is
2: is where you work this is where we work and this is where you know the the, hopefully the finances are going to flow so what how is that relating this layer syndrome with the gangs and these women
0: well these young girls about half of them were sexually abused by the age of 15 right Uh, three-fourths whether willingly or through abuse, end up pregnant by the age of 17 with their first child. Mm-hmm. The average 25-year-old lady in these poor urban neighborhoods have four kids from three different dads. Right. Wow. Um, and and it's, that's the Leia syndrome. So she gets impregnated by this one guy.
2: Yeah.
0: Things get difficult. He gets tired of dealing with He's babies. He's in a gang, probably. He might be in a gang. He yeah. kicks her out. He gets tired of her. So she goes and she shacks up with this next guy and says, well, maybe if, if I have a kid with him, he'll love me. Mm. But he doesn't. Mm. And two kids later, three mouths to feed, uh-huh. something younger, prettier walks by and he's out the door and she's alone again.
2: Mm.
0: Maybe if I shack up with this guy. And so one of the extreme examples is a family with 11 kids, six different fathers represented. Oh. Oh, Some tragedy. of the kids don't even have their dad's last name because he didn't sign the birth certificate mm. so how unloved does that kid feel how unbelonging to a family does that kid feel
2: oh, so this is where the gangs are coming in and
0: so that's where the gangs come in because now they have a sense of belonging they have a sense of family these are my buddies that are going to take care of me and that's the lie that the gang tells them
2: yeah
0: Mm. Now, that's not the reality because then they exploit you and abuse you and use you and put mm. you in positions of wherever the gang wants to put you to, so that you can do the dirty work for the gang. Mm. Um, and once, once one of these boys join a gang, which most of them will join it by the age of 14, their life expectancy drops to 24 years of age.
2: Wow. <sighs> wow. Oh, my goodness.
0: And in those 10 short years of life, the average gang member, will sexually abuse three girls,
2: hmm.
0: will father six kids out of wedlock, wow. oh my goodness. and will murder 10 people.
2: Wow. And this is basically the pathway for, for almost all young men right there in that district you're working Most in. of
0: the young men in these rough neighborhoods will probably, 60, 70% of them will more than likely join a gang and that'll be their first. So you
1: were working with them for for, for many years, working with the gangs to try and and... And encourage them to, to get out of a gang and just to, to make a, a better life for themselves. But you were telling us it didn't work.
0: It didn't work. Yeah, we were, work- we were working with families in general mm-hmm. um, and anyone that would listen to us, basically. Yeah. Um, but it, it just wouldn't work. Uh, we've gone in to do prison ministry in the high security prisons, uh, shared the gospel with people, um, worked in the neighborhoods. Uh, we built homes. We, we built a school. Uh, We even started a partnership um, with an organization in Franklin that is now called the Shalom Foundation, which they ended up developing a partnership with Vanderbilt Children's Hospital that Mm -hmm. then built a pediatric surgical center in Guatemala, doing amazing things. So
2: all of these are are good, beautiful, amazing things, and yet it didn't
0: yet it didn't change the neighborhood because the families who did change had to leave the neighborhood right and the neighborhood stayed the same yeah and so in 1996 one of the first times i went in the neighborhood i took a picture of a bunch of kids playing soccer okay and now this is like a real picture with a camera and you had to wind the thing back and then take it to walmart and wait two weeks for it to come back (laughs) um and then in 2009, I happened to be in the same neighborhood at about the same angle, and I took a digital picture. Okay. And I was a week later, so I was back at my office, and I was just going through some papers, and that printed picture fell out of a folder. And I was looking at the digital picture on my screen. And as I looked at that printed picture, there was about eight kids in the picture, and I I started mentally, well, that kid died from a drug overdose in 98, Oh, wow. This kid disappeared in 1999. That kid was shot right there on that corner around from the school. This kid was stabbed around the other corner. You know, I could, I think out of the eight kids in that picture, there was one kid that I could still remember being alive. Oh, and I looked at the digital picture of another eight kids. And I said, I cannot repeat that story again. I have to do something to reach these boys before they join the gangs. Mm -hmm. And my wife, Claudia and I said, that's it. That's, that's what we're going to do. I don't know how, but that's when we started in guiding ministries and said, whatever we do, we have to help boys in rough, rough situations, reach their full potential in Christ.
2: Mm.
0: And that comes in a variety of ways.
2: Mm. So now mm. and this is the ministry that you're doing as we speak. you are reaching those boys before they get into the gangs because otherwise there's basically no hope for them and yeah. when we walk when, when you showed us around you know your area where you work, you had all their faces on this yeah. board, and we are like, well what's that one doing and you were like, you were able to say he's doing good, you know he hasn't yeah. joined yet and um this is just such an incredible well, they were incredible his, they were his
1: spiritual children I mean yeah. it wasn't just like a bunch of faces that you're like oh well, let me look up in the folder whose name yeah. it was no they were like on his heart
2: and in this mm-hmm. district and yeah. so um this is so incredible and the reason why it is making a difference right. and these and you know and then when these boys and you um, you're working with families too but basically these boys they're going to shape and change their communities, right? Because then there won't be this—the rape and the getting pregnant, right. the six times—and a
0: exactly. And that's that's the goal. Oh, that's
2: my phone. It's usually and serene. I, and I'll I
0: Remember, turn it off. yeah, I'm the good girl today. I left my phone at home.
2: Serene, you're calling me. What well, are your kids? Not. Has it. one of your kids has the phone?
1: But you were telling—hopefully <laughs> um, it's not an emergency. But you were telling us how you work with the boys. First of all, before they get into the gang, because once they get into the gang, you said only one. You got to um, help get out, but then for the rest of his um, the, the time that you knew him, he was looking over his shoulder, completely petrified that somebody was going to have his head or his yes. family's head. Yeah.
0: So the only way out of a gang, they say, is is that they have a tattoo of three dots on their on their uh, between mm-hmm. their thumb and their first finger, and it's the casket, the hospital, or prison. Oh, and so, you, so there's no other way. You either die, or 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 if you try to leave, they kill you. Or you're in the hospital dying from a terminal illness like AIDS uh, or something like that. Or you're in prison with a life sentence. And that's their goal is to go out in a blaze of glory uh, or to be left alone to die or to to graduate, as they say, to prison. Um, And and it's hard. And so this one young man, um, uh, nicknamed Bullwinkle, he finally left the game. So we would go into this neighborhood. Now these are really rough neighborhoods that the police leave at four o'clock
2: <laughs> in the afternoon wow.
0: in the afternoon like they the police leave at four o'clock so if you have an emergency you there's there's no oh no 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 help and so we would go in about four o'clock and would set up these big screens now we didn't have um you know really good Christian movies back then we had this this wonderful film called the Jesus film which I advocate but after you see it a hundred times it can get repetitive <laughs> um we didn't have you know
2: no, they're making good good movies these days. They're making but good yeah. movies
0: these days. Uh, there's one coming out called Small Group eventually. Oh yeah, um, that
2: was done. Talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that.
0: But we have uh, we had the next best thing back then, and that was VeggieTales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we would set up in this these alleyways of these gang infested neighborhoods, and put up this big screen, and then we'd project VeggieTales onto the screen, and use that as a way to draw kids in and share the gospel with them. And so I'd set up the screen and 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 here's something key. I told you before, this is their house. And so we only go when we've been invited. And so I'd go into Aura Marina's house because she invited us to her house. And we'd plug into her electricity, the projector. And her son was a gang member. Mm. And so we'd go into his house and, and uh, we'd set everything up. And when we got done, Aura Marina would say, Now, Buenco, you need to go talk to Pastor Nathan. And um, he would come and he'd talk to me. And he'd cross his arms in front of his chest. He'd just kind of glare at me. And I'd be like, Hey, it's good to see you. We're going to have, you know, a soccer tournament this weekend at church. You should come. Nothing crickets, you know, we're going to go to the beach next weekend and, and we're going to have lots of fun. Nothing. And, uh, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And there's going to be this activity. Nothing. And then finally he would, I would say, All right, well, good to talk to you. And he just kind of nod his head at me and turn around and walk away. And uh, then we'd show the VeggieTales film, and it was kind of cool because you see all these gang members tattooed up, and, and they'd be out there singing, you know, where is my hairbrush? <laughs> and, um, and we'd share the gospel with the kids, and then we'd leave, like, at 7, 8 o'clock at night. But um, Bullwinkle was always just kind of standoffish. And one year, he got shot in the leg. Um, uh, Cause of gang violence And I went by his house And I sat on the edge of his bed And and I told him you know You're still alive Because God has a purpose for you And I prayed for Bullwinkle And uh, I said listen I'm going to go to the states For a couple years And uh, I'll uh, you won't see me So it's not because I don't love you Or care about you But Jesus loves you even more And I left And about 18 months later I went back to I was in Athens, Georgia For two years at that time uh, About 18 months later I came back to Guatemala and I was at the church there in Zone 18, and here comes Bullwinkle walking up. Now doctors said he was never going to be able to walk. Yeah, and wow. he walks across the, the the basketball court at church and gives me a big hug. And he says, "I accepted Christ." Oh, wow. he says, "I left the gang and I moved two hours away because my life is in danger." Oh. But I heard you were here and had to come tell oh, you that I accepted that Jesus. Oh,
2: amazing! Do you know if he's alive today?
0: He is alive. He is married, and he oh. has two kids, and he's still in church.
2: Beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's amazing.
1: That's a great story. And I just want to say too, um, the reason why he works with the young boys and not the young girls is because he was telling us that it's the, it's the whole patriarchal thing that shapes the society mm-hmm. is the guys that grow up and end up getting these girls pregnant and and so it's like he thinks that the whole um, success of those mm. zones mm. are to get the guys to to you know into Christ and into into a job instead of a gang and into
0: um, yeah it's the guy's fault right <laughs> and if if we can get the guys to stop to give the guys opportunity to get a good job to provide for their family, get them good spiritual training to be good men. Mm -hmm. I mean, we as men have been called to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Now that doesn't mean that we have a a title that we'd Lord over our wives, Mm -hmm. but when we get to heaven and if, my wife and I are standing side by side before God. Mm-hmm. He's not going to ask Claudia if she led our children correctly. Right. If she taught our children the Bible, he's going to ask me. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be my responsibility to say, yes, I taught my kids the Bible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yes, I taught them how to pray. And yes, I taught them. How it's not her responsibility. Her responsibility is to be nurturing and yeah. loving mm-hmm. and caring. Um, so it is the guys that have to grow up to be the men they're supposed to be. So our hope is that these young boys that come through our program will become men that don't sexually abuse girls, that don't mistreat the women, that don't abandon the home, that don't beat their wives, and that love their children and raise a family like it should be.
2: That's so beautiful. And it's so so full of hope. Hey, you're listening to The Party with Serene and Pearl. And I'm Pearl. And who are you? (laughs) Serene. I'm so excited. We've got so much more to ask you, though. Um, So we're going to do a part two. And... I, I, I want to hear about so many of the things that you feel maybe a toxic charity, things yes. like that. And I want to say, though, uh, we'll come back. But yeah, yes, just, just in closing really quickly, okay.
1: you know, like I was saying in the other story of our Guatemalan trip and adventures, how um, I've always enjoyed coffee, thought of myself as a bit of a coffee snob, you yeah. know, but when I drank coffee, it was for the coffee sake, it was never, I never had a picture behind the coffee, but I was so excited because I pictured now that the tribe and the mountain, the, yes. not the tribe, but the little community up there and the Weiwei Tenango mountain. And just, uh, I had, I had a visual that was so, that so made every sip more delicious. Oh, right? I know when I'm but, drinking my,
2: my coffee right here, but now
1: knowing that, that, um, prayerfully there will be this connection that, you know, proceeds from, from the coffee mm-hmm. and the cacao will go to um, Brother Nace's ministry. There's another picture.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: the picture of those young boys, you know? And oh, so no, I see them in my head from
2: yeah. his wall. I, I see them.
0: So um. in my office above my desk, I have um, eight by ten little plaques mm-hmm. with the pictures of all the boys and their names and their birthday, uh, just general information. That's what. Um, the, yes, the, you know what,
2: we have to come back because I want to talk about so much missions and I'm not saying it's a bad thing and you are also not saying it's a bad thing. People just send money every month to sponsor a child, right? Mm-hmm. We need to talk about that because, you know, you've seen so much and you, and obviously you're not doing that in this way. You're not doing that in that way. Let's sponsor a child. like Let's give them food and things like that. I, I know that can be such a good thing. But wh- part two, we need to talk about that because okay. you've seen... So much. You what know, really works. you've seen yes. what really works. Can you tell us where our ladies can get involved or see what's going on with your ministry? Like, where do they go?
0: So, uh, our website is engadiministries.org. That's E N G A D I ministries.org. And uh, Facebook, it's also just Facebook.com backslash engadiministries as well. Um, so Yeah, you good. Can,
2: go like the page, ladies, and see what's happening I right. might yeah. even go like it. You! You have to unplugged. get on Sam's Facebook to do it. I, I liked it. it. <laughs> I, I I love I love seeing what's going on there because it's it's just amazing. But
0: yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys and and appreciate your prayers and and being yeah. part of what we're doing.
2: Serene, should you and I do a superfood spotlight really quick? Our mamas just they just show. Trim, healthy mama. Superfood spotlight. And in honor of Brother Nath today, our superfood spotlight is, of course, on coffee. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a superfood. And
1: I never even knew it because for most of my life, I thought it was akin to smoking cigars.
2: Yeah, you know, coffee got such a bad rep. However, I would say in this day and age, it's pretty well vindicated. Yeah, People are realizing the health incredible benefits of coffee but so many people do coffee wrong not us trim housing mamas we do it right no but it's like
1: people thought coffee was wrong the same way they thought butter was wrong and they thought margarine was great
2: yes Yes. you know what i'm saying but let's go through i want you to feel good about your cup of joe although i've got some things about what i've discovered for my body with coffee and I'm i'm gonna go into them i'm actually gonna do a whole podcast serene soon on how i overcame estrogen dominance please oh it's huge but I want to talk about coffee and that. Yeah. Um, because we found this amazing source of coffee, which I believe is the healthiest coffee in the world. Yes. Top On that mountain. Way, way too Top of Nagle. that mountain,
0: away from all, um, any contamination.
2: It's full of antioxidants. Now, but coffee in general, I believe now that I've, now that we've looked into a lot of coffee, though, I'm, I'm, me, the drive-through, so is pro-organic coffee rather than not-organic coffee. Oh, yeah. Thank you, um, Pearl. Thank you for coming to my side. Just because when we went to that mountain and saw how the bees pollinate, we saw how the natural environment was so important. We saw those yes. red berries of the coffee. And we ate of them. We understood how this, this beautiful process, the fermentation, we understood how all of that is so important for the health of the coffee bean. It is. And none of this... Fertilizer stuff that's you know artificial, none of these sprays for bugs none of that's necessary when it's done properly.
0: When it's done right, you have the natural trees growing around the coffee. They provide yeah. the shade that it needs. Those trees also provide um, uh, homes for the birds. Which exactly. the birds eat a lot of the insects, yeah. which then become a natural and their droppings
2: um, fertilize. And their droppings <laughs> Isn't fertilize, it great? It.
0: I mean, it's a whole life cycle. Bird drop, the coffee, way it's come intended. on, people! Oh,
2: is that the name? Bird drop? No, it's not the name. You <laughs> no. still haven't come with it. But let's just go into some benefits of coffee, okay? When you drink your cup of joe, you are getting amazing, um, amazing. Cancer prevention. Studies upon studies. They come out every day. Just Google cancer prevention and coffee. It's the antioxidants. It's not just the antioxidants. There are other things, unique things they're finding in coffee. Breast cancer, liver cancer. Colon cancer. Colon cancer. All of these things. And here's the other thing. Blood, sugar, and coffee. Oh, it's huge. It's an incredible um, helper
1: with type 2 diabetes. It's a
2: preventative. It's even a healer.
1: And do you know what else? fighting depression, the dopamine just kick to I coffee. I saw
2: a, co- a, a, a study plastic. just the other day, because I keep up on my coffee studies. It makes me feel good, right? <laughs> it said that it's it's actually um, undisputed now. People that drink coffee are happier. And it is to do I'll with the I tell you dopamine. what, I've never drunk yeah, as much coffee
1: in it. my life than in Guatemala. <laughs> I know, we with drank brother so Nate, much And coffee. we were almost <laughs> dying every day, but
2: I was Look. a happy diarer. <laughs> Dire.
0: almost we're, dying every day. Yeah. I, uh, I would, hey, uh,
2: your parents caught you, Nate. Nathan. Hey, Nate <laughs> was driving. We were almost dying. <laughs> oh, well,
0: that true. might be true. My driving in Guatemala is notorious.
2: Oh man, that, that my was, wife has
0: to remind me. You're not in Guatemala. You're in Tennessee. You got to drive differently.
2: <laughs> <I know. laughs> but what else do we love about coffee? Parkinson's, makes, uh, just massive, huge, massive. preventative of Alzheimer's. It just yes. came out that it is huge that people that drink coffee. Um, overall, Alzheimer's is much less a, a prevalent. And do you in know coffee what I find? It not. helps
1: just soothe the the, wig, the 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 bloat.
2: Yeah. It, well, it yes. helps you go to the bathroom and things. Yes. But um, I want to talk about how to include. Listen, you don't have to be a coffee lover if you're not. But if you are, I want you to feel good about it, and I want you to do it right. And there's ways to do it that it's mm-hmm. not acidic. Yes. For your system. Now, the coffee we're gonna get. Um, I read that mountaintop coffee has half the acid of regular coffee. Yes. Do you know why that is, Nate?
0: I don't know why it is. But you yeah. can um, make it
2: up. Yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, you're supposed to be the Guatemalan has got Noadil. green coffee, like
1: in a huge sack, <laughs> sitting right next to him on the couch.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's. I understand it has to do with the elevation and yeah. the way in which the minerals are absorbed into the plant. I think some of that um, is. But I think it has a lot to do with, again, just going back to this hilltop village that we yeah. visited, the way in which it's grown, the way in which the community is a healthy community, yeah. a vibrant community that's natural. They don't even have electricity in that uh, one village. I know. Uh, they don't have cars that are leaking oil no, and gas into the nothing. soil.
2: As we and mentioned in the la- the podcast, they brought trucks trucks in those brought trucks, and I
1: just knew that something was wrong with those roads and those trucks. They weren't kind of measured for each other. But you yes. you have
2: to go out exactly. there, right? You have to go visit these people because now that we've decided this is our place, and you were saying to us, "I don't even know how I'm going to get there. This place is cut off. So, you can't get there."
0: So we took a what an hour and a half helicopter flight yeah. to get there. To drive close to the place, yeah, is a ten hour drive for us. Yes, just to get close to where it is. Um, and then you're gonna have I to go hook another on
2: the foot. You're getting yourself well, a donkey.
0: I'm gonna yeah. use a donkey or motorcycle <laughs> or hopefully they'll have those pickup trucks. The that can things Nathan's gonna
2: do for you, ladies. You have better come to love brother <laughs> Nathan, man, because he is going on wild adventures for you to bring you amazing. The stuff. absolutely
0: best coffee in the world.
2: Oh no, it is, and I'm drinking it now. I want to talk to you guys though about something I've discovered about my body. All you ladies with estrogen dominance, can you listen up? Any of you who have had like bad periods. Sorry, Nath, we talk about stuff like this here all the time. To so a woman audience, hey, Claudia must. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, so She might be just the polite kind. She might. Well, Serena and <laughs> I aren't polite. All the things like sore breasts, you know the thing they tell you, if you have e- endometriosis or bad periods or sore breasts, all those things that come along with estrogen dominance, right? The first thing they say is don't drink coffee. Because I've dealt with all those things, you know, I'm the high estrogen type. I, it's just been something that I've worked through my whole life and I've I've walked out of it. Thank you, God. But I have gone through times in my life when I've thought, okay, I'll finally obey you. I'll stop drinking coffee, you know, because what is it in this coffee? And there's this thing about, you know, caffeine and estrogen dominance, but something inside me would always say, but this is a healthy food. Come on. Come on. God made this. Come on. It's got all these health benefits. Why? Why? Why is it making my estrogen go up? I read different studies. There was one study, I think it was from the eighties, that said it causes higher estrogen, but that was refuted, okay, with a much more recent study to say no it doesn't. So I kept thinking to myself, man, these people are just saying this because they want to just smear coffee, right? And when I went off coffee, I actually didn't find that it I was any better. Well, when our house burnt down. No, when our house burnt down recently, I used to have a drip coffee maker. I got one of these Keurigs, where well, you have the little thing, and it, it's all in plastic.
1: Okay. Yeah. Are you? Is this a big, huge deal for like seller Keurig? No, no. This is. a Are huge you on a multi-level thing.
2: Keurig? Serene, it's it, business. I'm telling you something I've discovered about my body. Okay. When I started using, and I love my Dunkin' Donuts coffee, although this is way better. This new, I, I was buying the little K cups of yeah. it. Okay. Well, I didn't know why my oh, breast pain was getting estrogen? so much worse. I was in so much pain and D- I'm like... Did I just tell the endings? Yeah. Could you hush? Yes. <laughs> All right. And so I'm like, I even went off coffee I'm thought, I can't do this. Why? Why? I'm, I'm so healthy. I thought I'd sort of beat this. At least I'd beat it down somewhat. My breast pain got so bad, you guys. And then... Um, you know, I was looking into things. I was like, why? Is it? Is it coffee? You know, I'm just – that's all I change. Well, I stopped doing that. Now that I'm on my Weiwei Tenango coffee, I still have that Keurig thing, but I don't put it in the little plastic K-cups. I just – I buy one of those things and it's like a regular filter and it lets the water go through. Mm-hmm. Well, I do believe, and there's studies now, and I've studied deep into it, that women who have these high estrogen, estrogen dominance issues have a problem with their glutathione, that they cannot um, – properly metabolize the estrogens in their body, especially plastics. Yes. Things that come mm-hmm. from plastics. Well, I haven't been using those plastic K-cups anymore. Completely like got rid of them. Xenoestrogens. And, and I've been back on this coffee. I've been drinking more coffee than I ever have because yes, this coffee is so have. good. Yes, you have. You talk
1: to me about it every day.
2: Not one breast pain.
1: Hallelujah. Not one
2: estrogen-dominant thing. I fully believe it's how we drink our coffee. Hey, I those- fully believe it's the source of the coffee. Those Weiwei Tenango
1: ladies up there, they didn't have any plastic K-cups. No, they didn't. And And they they, start on
2: coffee early in their life. they were just breastfeeding naturally. Anyway, this is just my experience. But I fully believe looking back, my pains got worse when I was doing those little plastic things. And it's not a natural way to have hot water flush through that plastic. It just doesn't make sense. And I think I was harming my body. So, you know, we're going to bring a coffee to you And we're going to bring it in grounds And we're going to bring it in beans, whichever you want But I will not put it in those plastic cups for you You're going to have to buy one of those little filters <laughs> I'm not going to do it to you, people Let's talk about it. how you can have your coffee Maybe with a little half and half a cream
1: Or you can trim it up Or trim or it, up. it
2: up with coconut oil Thank or, you yes. or something like that That's how I drank mine today Of course And if you, know you want it sweet, you
1: just put in your yummy, gentle sweet Yeah Dunks don't work. It tastes like kerosene.
2: Yeah, dunks is stevia. But I think we're we done our dash. Yeah, do you have anything more to say about na- uh, coffee, Nath, or are, are you done?
0: I say the best way to drink coffee is hot and black and just yeah, he's a black. nothing else. So
2: And you're drinking our way way to coffee. I'm drinking right Weiwei Tenanga. Now. Hey, It's, it's right not right now. ours, mate. His too. <laughs> it is his. It was his before it was ours. <laughs> it was Nath's. Nath's led us to the coffee. Hey, Brother gonna... Nate's coffee. We're gonna <sighs> Is that the name? I just don't know. I don't know yet. Guys, we ain't need bird, a name. It ain't bird
1: dropping coffee. Guess
2: what someone wrote in and said? This is the name. It needs – she said you were describing the mountaintop and then you all live on a hilltop. She said you need to call your coffee Hilltop Coffee. Hmm. Hey, put it – throw it in the hat. We'll see put you all here next week because Brother Nate's coming back and we have some serious questions about just missionary work itself. The, throw it in the hat, but that hill I think was a mountain. I know, but we live on a hilltop. See? Cars? It was
0: a ridge top. It was the edge of a sword that we landed a helicopter on. Yes. It went down into the ravine on either side. I know.
2: <laughs> and my husband was about to be thrown off that truck <laughs> and into the ravine. That's <laughs> hey. because he
0: didn't know how to ride in the back of a truck. Yeah, that's right. you,
2: you have got Marlin self. <laughs> okay, see you here next week. Brother Nate's back. Nothing, mama, no way. And then I'll be.